from the team that brought you the award-winning show Retro Replay and the Emmy-nominated comedy series Con Man comes a new idea just crazy enough to be good. Introducing Couch Soup. I know, I know, you're probably wondering, what is Couch Soup? Well, Couch Soup is content for your hungry nerd soul. Daily articles from fans, not pundits. Weekly podcasts that contain a multiverse of opinions on all things pop culture. Exclusive videos and weekly live streams where we laugh, scream, and sometimes have technical difficulties. All created by folks like you, the gamers, the film nerds, the TV bingers, comic book lovers, bookworms, and pop culture enthusiasts, all in one giant bowl of beautiful, disgusting, soupy goodness at CouchSoup.com. Welcome back to Decoding Dragons, where we break down all things House the Dragon. We're your hosts, and things are a little different today. I'm Liza, as always, and this is my friend Ayana. She has watched every episode of Game of Thrones with me and every episode of House the Dragon, so she is well-versed in Game of Thrones show lore. So we are so, so excited to have her here with us today. Ayana, do you want to tell us anything about yourself? Uh... Hi, everyone. First things first, I'm so, so happy to be here. I have been watching Decoding Dragons. I have been watching House of the Dragon. I've watched Game of Thrones. So I pretty much feel like a baby throny. Uh, even though it's not my main fandom, I definitely love to support the franchise because they have amazing stories to tell. Uh, and I think it's really exciting to finally be here. I'm really hype. Um, a little bit about myself. I'm a virtual assistant currently working from home. Uh, I'm a post-pandemic worker. Shout out to all of us out there. And ultimately, I'm a lover of games, TV shows, and food. So that's about as straightforward as it gets. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, what have you thought about House of the Dragon so far in like a little mini wrap? What I really want to say... It's what I think about the show is I think it's very well written. I think it's been beautifully executed and I think it's been very well acted. And I'll say in a society where a lot of people are afraid to make content, I'm very happy and very proud of House of the Dragon for taking the leap of faith and still trusting in their lore, in their story. And it really does help that George R.R. R. Martin is right there with them, guiding them along the way. So I think it's been wonderful so far, and I'm really, really excited to see how other franchises and other fandoms try to compete and keep up with uh, what Game of Thrones is doing. Yes, yes. So I'm so, so happy he's actually been able to be involved in the creation of this show. I know it's like really, really near and dear to his heart, and we are getting into like the really – um badass portion of the dance of the dragons like ever since Viserys died the dance has actually started so now we are in the shit and this episode um episode nine is called the green council is what we're going to be discussing today there are also going to be spoilers in this episode so um we're obviously breaking down the lore for each one so there's going to be spoilers throughout and while we do try to keep our like we call them the super spoilers for our fire and dragon dream section they are kind of littered throughout so if you don't want any of those be warned they are going to be throughout the show caution sign caution sign <laughs> <laughs> big bright lights right okay so um first things first about the episode so this episode for me um there was a lot of stuff that happened we got to see the small council we got to see them search all over king's landing for Aegon the second 
Grr. And um, Otto and Allison got to some scheming. We had the coronation in the dragon pit, which was so fantastic. And yes. uh, Rainey's and Maylee's just stole the show. So what did you think about this episode? Let's start from the end and work our way back up, okay? I have watched your show before, and I know this isn't normal, but I have to start with the hype stuff first. That pop was popping okay and i and, and i'll and i'll tell you why i loved it so much because everybody who's ever seen game of thrones is always at the edge of their seat because this is the main question who's about to get it and i genuinely thought that she was about to get up in there and fire blow it all to all kinds of crazy crap and then it was going to be you know House Valerian versus, you know, House Targaryen without the high towers. And then somehow, miraculously, somebody survives the fire. But no, she just popped her head in there and said, this is what I could have done. And I'm out. And I loved it. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. Um, very well acted. And I'm so glad she did not die. I did not want her to go anywhere. I, I think I think Rainice really, really brings a different dynamic. She brings a wisdom and a very subtle power to it. And I think Losing that would have been so devastating. So I'm glad she didn't go anywhere. Um, I am definitely not team green under any circumstances whatsoever. Like I'm anti green. If you're a hashtag team green, we might have to go at it in the comment section. I'm sorry. It, because everything that they have worked so hard to fight against, right? They want to uphold the crown. They want to fight. They want to um, prevent the wars. But what they don't realize is that they're creating one right there because you're dividing the, you, you are dividing the realm from what Viserys was trying to set everybody up for. And I do believe that maybe somewhere inside of him, he's a little bit um, kind of feels, I guess maybe he felt bad that he got it and his, and his cousin didn't, even though that she deserved it. And it was literally rightfully hers but the only reason why she didn't get it was because she was a woman so I think that maybe he was trying to do a little bit of retribution for that um but yeah definitely not team Aegon he can go somewhere and excuse me I have to be specific Aegon the second he can shoot you uh and I feel so bad for Viserys they haven't even given homie a funeral yet like can we talk about it like in the like right after they got finished wrapping his body i'm like okay maybe we'll get a funeral uh procession or something nope just left him there baby tears and then let's find a way to mess everything up so those are like my first like initial highlight thoughts but please tell us <laughs> miss expert tell us what you think <laughs> That was that was a fantastic recap of my shared emotions. Okay, so <laughs> Rainey's tore it up. Also, side note, this is our first time seeing female Targaryen armor. We have never seen it. Danny never got a chance to wear it because you know by the time she was there, dragon riding was not as you know popular, haha, popular as it is in this show. So that was like maybe so hype. And um, I like how you kind of sum up the fact that Team Green is breaking everything that they were supposed to be for. Like Allison started off the goody two shoes. And while she is convinced that this is what Viserys wanted, somewhere in their heart, they have to know it's not. Like, you have to feel it. Aegon II had the right of it. He's like, there's no way he ever would have named me king. Also, um, I'm going to save our segue for um, the blood section. I'll just, for the first bit of this episode, I'll say they hit all the major beats, but they did it differently. So it was the same, but different. Um, for instance, in the books, 
Rainey's does not end up at the dragon pit and she doesn't, you know, like fly Maylee's out of it. Even though watching the dragon go through those doors real quick was just so lit. I was like, that is an agile dragon right there. Okay. But, um, so it was the same, but different. So you do have the small council. I think someone stabs Beesbury instead of Kristen, um, you know, sitting him down too hard. Harold Westerling, I think is dead by that point so Graham McTavish's character is still around which we're happy about but I think he's underutilized I wish that they would give him more like speaking roles in my opinion so um and then you have Otto and Allison scheming which we're going to get into in our blood section and the coronation in the dragon pit was phenomenal and I love the twist they had at the end so a lot of like the stuff I want to talk about is going to be in our fire and blood section and the coronation is a really good segue into that so let's go ahead and jump into there So now we are in our blood section, and the spoilers get steadily, like, more from here on out, people. So, it's like um, a roller coaster. Yes, yes. Okay, so first off, we got to see Aegon the Conqueror's crown and sword together again for the first time on screen. And as a member of Team Black, as a member of Team Rhaenyra, I am raging about the little head we had to see it on first i really if we were going to see these two things together we've never seen the conqueror's crown on screen as far as i know and he's got black fire now and i wanted to see it on aegon the first like first of his name aegon the conqueror during his conquest of restoros to unite them against the long night and we had to see it on aegon the second's little head first and i was very upset so as um a someone who's you know well versed in the show uh what did you think about the big moment let me tell you something. That moment was boo-boo. <laughs> and I'm just being, I'm being 100% honest. I was not happy with it. As someone who doesn't know much about Aegon's conquest, um, and um, I, I have a little bit of an idea as to what happened, right? I know what he did and why it's so impactful. But to see it on Aegon II, who genuinely even said in the episode, I don't want to be king. I'm not fit to rule. This is not my duty. Give it to my knucklehead little brother. I'm not here for it. And I, I, I was really upset. First of all, it was, it was a dual experience i was like "Ooh, it's awesome and i'm like wait no stop why him i am not okay with this so no i definitely agree with you definitely not here for it being on egg on the second's head first not here for it and they made such a grand spectacle of it and okay so on the one hand he's a trash human being right yeah and on the second hand part of me is like he never even wanted it in the first place and that is a lot of pressure to put on someone who does not want the crown he's yeah. got all sorts of parental issues between Viserys and Alicent so right I exactly just... and also I'm sorry but this is not again we are not harping on the fact that homie has a whole bunch of children just running around in the fighting pits at flea bottom like we're we 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 are not talking about that and i just think that if they knew again team green you have to explain it to me how can you be so devoted to keeping the crown in order that you would reluctantly and purposefully forget and neglect all of the things that your now new crown king has done um did we not learn anything from game of thrones about what happens when you have random children running around in the <laughs> like you are we not gonna remember this so yeah i i, I agree with you 100 percent. it's just it's 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 almost most slightly a disgrace slightly 
I know, I know. And that is a good point. We should have learned from Game of Thrones that you shouldn't have all these babies running around. But um, also, I think that was a good point of division between the Cargyle twins. And I'm not sure if it's Cargill or Cargyle. I say it Cargyle in my head. Okay. Um, because one of them has been hanging out with him in the fighting pits, and he's like, Aegon should not be king. And the other one is like, but, you know, I think he said something basically to the effect of, you know, that's not our decision. We're sworn to the crown. So um, those twins actually split up, and um, you know, as we talked about last episode, one of them goes to Dragonstone, and one of them stays in King's Landing. But they use um, the King's Landing twin to mm-hmm. infiltrate Dragonstone and possibly try to have an assassination happen. Mm. But um, the two twins meet each other, and as soon as they see each other, they're like, "You're not supposed to be here. If I'm here, something shady's happening." So I thought that was a really good um, way to show their sort of differing mindsets that's going to lead to their confrontation down the road because one of them sees how horrible Aegon is being and the other one is sworn fealty to the throne you know so I think that's a really good kind of point of contention between those two and Mm -hmm. speaking of contention Otto and Allison are clearly at odds with each other to some degree now so um what do you think their end goals are beyond just installing Aegon the second on the throne I think that unfortunately their end goals are so different that there is going to be a cross. Meaning, I believe that Otto, in his mind, believes that you should keep the throne and the realm together under any circumstances. And everybody knows that under any circumstances, nine times out of ten is going to immediately result in murder, thieving, kidnapping, torture, all of the ways that would happen underneath the rug to keep everything above in the house moving clearly. And I think that with Allison, she wants to keep the realm together, but she wants to do it in a peaceful way. She wants to do it as a diplomat. Um, She wants to do it in a way that creates a happy-go-lucky, let's all sit at the table, hold hands, and understand that we have to get rough, but we can't get too rough. And I think that unfortunately... It's not going to work, especially as we saw when they were at the small council that they'd already been doing it without her. So her means of negotiating is is definitely not what the other gentlemen at the table want to do. And so ultimately, I think that they're in goals. Again, they want the same thing, but they are going to go about it the completely wrong way. Um, And again, I hate to bring it up again, but my bad girl. Rainey's saying her comment to her in her room like did you ever think about seeing yourself on the iron throne you're the queen regent are we not talking about the fact that again you could technically be ruling right now but they're working so hard to keep a woman off the throne that you're going to do everything that you didn't want Rhaenyra to do and you know as someone of team black I would definitely I would definitely say that everything that they want or think that Rhaenyra is she's not She's really not. She's still in their mind. Everybody is still like trapped in their mindset when they were kids. Right. Like Allison just wants to be friends. Rhaenyra is still trying to figure out what all she really wanted was love. That's all she wanted. (laughs) And I know that just sounds so, so simple, but it's true. A lot of them really just wanted love and connection and understanding. But because duty came in, it kind of just messed everything up. So. I'm interested. I love I love a good family duel and I love an internal family duel. So I'm excited to see how Otto and Allison continue to bump heads in the future. Same, same. And um, you bring up a good point that everybody just kind of wanted to be loved from the start. And I think that's where a lot of Allison's kids kind of have trouble because Rhaenyra was clearly the favorite. And, you know, when a parent has a favorite, it, you know, it's trouble for like the other kids. It's really difficult to go through. And um, I think that 
what like what you said Otto and Allison's end goals are so different because of the means to the end like you know some people are like any means for any end but their goals are so different and I think that they were rushing to get their hands on Aegon because of what Alicent said she's like whoever basically whoever controls the king controls the country exactly. so it was either Otto and what all that he's willing to do and I think that Alicent was trying to keep Rhaenyra alive yeah in the book Fire and Blood I always got the impression she was in on it like it was part of her idea so her mm-hmm. like being oblivious to the plotting that's been going around her like threw me a curveball because now she's actually trying to keep Rhaenyra alive and stop their plotting and she's also trying to get a final leg up on her father I loved what Rhaeny said to her about making a window like she's always been under someone's thumb and now she wants to be the one on top and I just I love that motivation for her character and it's just I'm worried about Rhaenyra because at this point everyone wants to protect their kids because everyone thinks the other person's going to kill their kids. So yes. now it's just like mother versus mother, that instinct kicking in. And it's just everyone's trying to protect the people that they love. And I think that's what makes it such a compelling story and why there's no heroes. There's no good people on this show. Yeah, no, I agree with you uh, all the way up to the umpteenth power on that one. I would like to throw in here, if I may, the the white cloaks. Now, I'm a sucker for a knight, and I'm not talking about in the romantic sense. I'm talking about I'm a sucker for somebody who believes in loyalty, honor, and respect, right? And to see the white cloaks going at it and to see the like the differing in opinions, and, the, and I wanted to save this one for the blood section because we got to talk about Sir Kristen, okay? First of all, this all started because he's bitter, all right? You've had 10 years, sir. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. You know what I mean? I was like, granted, it's Rhaenyra. She's a bad. She, she she's a bad woman. But can we not with the with the I must hold on to my anger? Like stop. And I brought this up for the comment that you just said recently about how Allison is just going through like we can't murder people. It's so bad. I'm like, did you not just see what your sworn protector just did to somebody else's head? All because you think that he like he thought that he was saying something negative about you, but all he was doing was speaking the truth. He was like there's no way I have known Viserys longer than all of you I've been alive longer than all of you there's no way in the world that he would have wanted this and the fact that again it just I I love the symbolism behind that the crushing of the head under any means necessary just so the lies can continue to spew I thought it was so bad I just wanted to say that the differing of opinions between uh, Lord Commander Westerling and Sir Kristen I love that the fact that Kristen's just down for whatever is going down for and he was like look and, and Graham McTavish's character said I'm here for the crown and a king not all this monkey mess so when you all are done being trash you give me a call and I love that I absolutely love that same same and I it's really interesting seeing um Westerling be alive at this point in the show because um the Lord Commander title changed hands because he had passed away and it went to Sir Kristen so I think um this way of him being like I am not down for what you guys are doing is going to be um a really interesting change of pace and I'm excited to kind of see how they utilize this character in the future because now it's like up in the air with that right so um before we get into like the um like the super spoiler section of the show I just noticed that you have Sly Cooper posters behind you and I have um, written a few articles about that game because a friend of mine is super super like a huge fan of Sly Cooper and I see them in the background that is so cool 
Yes. Team Sly. Hashtag bring Sly back. Hashtag Sony, what are you doing with your life? Hashtag use the money that you got from the acquisition to boost up PlayStation 2 characters. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> say it say it louder for the people in the back. Bring Sly back. Yes. All right. We're going to jump into our fire section right now. I'm really excited to put you in the hot seat, Miss Liza, because as someone who is, I would consider one of my closest and best friends, but also one of the most well-versed in Game of Thrones lore, history, and connections with different storylines, I'm interested to know how do you feel about the differing actions, right? So what's happening in the book versus what's happening in the TV show? Are you happy with it? Do you think they're going in a bad direction? Do you like being on the edge of your seat every week? Like, tell us how you're feeling. That is a really good question. And first of all, oh, I love you. Thank you so much. You're so nice. <laughs> and um, secondly, let's see, there's a lot of feelings. So you know me quite well. You know that I like knowing everything that I can about my fandom. Like, I just want to yes. know all the things. All the but juice. But they are um, changing a few things. Like, they changed a few things throughout. Like, you know, Harold Westerling is still alive. Lenor is still alive. Um, a few other things changed throughout the show. Um, and I think that the changes they're making are because they're fleshing out characters more than the book had time to do. You know, like with Viserys, he wasn't as thick in the book, but I think it was a, like a really powerful metaphor throughout. So the changes that they are making, I like them and I see that they are in fact serving a purpose because they are managing to hit all the major beats from Fire and Blood with um, while also filling in the interim in between so we can really connect to the characters. Like you can kind of you know, fill in the dots in your head while you're reading, but seeing someone's interpretation of it is also really nice on the show. So, yeah. um, for instance, in this one, Rainey's isn't the one who took the news to Rhaenyra. I think um, someone else had escaped and they took Jaehaerys' crown and they brought it to Rhaenyra. And in the show, it's Rainey's, and it gives her like this fantastic moment. It's also huge foreshadowing. We are in our fire section, so Rainey's facing down Aegon II is huge foreshadowing because if I remember my lore correctly, Rainey's actually, um, Rainey's and Maylee's go up against Aegon II and his dragon Sunfire. So the stare down was huge foreshadowing. And um, I think that Maylee's being there opened up a little bit of a can of worms because on the one hand, she could have ended it all right there. But on the other hand, Rainey's is a smart woman and she's also very disciplined and she did have the temperament to be a queen. She thinks everything through. So I think that she knew that doing that would have just been so much worse. And yeah. someone also had to go. First of all, it would set you up as more of a tyrant, like having the opposition burned alive. Exactly. Because we saw how that went down with Danny when she started burning people. The memes were hot. The, the, <laughs> since we're in our fire section, those memes were hot when they were like, Daenerys would have did it. Just saying. <laughs> yep, Danny would have done it. I'm just saying you would have ended a lot of trouble, but you would have started a lot of trouble. And someone also like with the way the show has changed a few things, someone had to take the news to Rhaenyra, and I am really happy it's Rainey's. Agreed. So, um, overall, I am I am loving it. Like it feels different than Game of Thrones, but it's the same. It feels, I guess, a little bit more polished and refined than Game of Thrones did, and I think it's because they know their world better. They are um, improving on feedback they received from the first eight seasons. 
of Game of Thrones. And overall, I just, I like the creative license they are taking. Like, they are making changes that don't affect the trajectory. It just makes the middle parts so much better. So yeah. I am I am impressed and pleased so far. Awesome. Yeah, and it's got to feel really cool, too, to be a reader and just be like, I know exactly what's happening. And then you watch it and you're like, I have no idea what's happening. It, that, that, that's got to feel really, really awesome. And I've always just been curious to know how Game of Thrones fans, I guess lovers of the book first and then lovers of the TV show second, how they feel about certain situations. And I'm all, and you know, it, so thank you for answering that. I'm really excited. So um, second question for you is what do you think Masaria is up to um, or as her alias is known as the white worm first of all I love Masaria and I want to see more of her on screen she's so smart and I she has just built herself from the ground up and I am here for it also the um, what is the word for it it's not agency but agency will work the insight and like forethought and agency to snatch Aegon up when he was running through the city because she knows someone's gonna come looking for him I was I was here for it so first off um Masaria more spoilers Masaria has a plot to play throughout the rest of the show like she is as far as I remember she is Rhaenyra and Damon's mistress of whispers so she's like the various character for them so and she's going to she should be in future episodes so I have two theories I have the first theory is that three theories theory number one is that they changed it and you know maybe she's not in the show anymore maybe they did burn her in her house I don't think that's really possible I hope not either I want more of her on screen she's lovely and um, the second theory is that the people you know burnt her house but she escaped previously and the third theory is the person we saw walking away from the fire wasn't the person who committed the arson but was her in disguise so those are, those are my three theories, but she does become um, Mistress of Whispers because she is in the show, or at least she's in the book for a while longer because there's some theories that um, her and Damon and Rhaenyra had some stuff. So uh, <laughs> I think she's going to be around for a little bit longer. That's, um, that's my personal insight into the matter. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I would like, this is so different from everything we've been saying in the show, but I, I, I want to criticize her in a positive way. I want to say that she made me nervous because she showed all of her cards very, very quickly. And granted, it could be one of two things, right? It could be number one, I want to show you everything that I know. So you know, I know, and we both on the no train. However, I think it also possibly might have set her up for again, that situation where the where her house was on was on fire. So I don't know, I felt nervous about it. But I agree with all of your theories. Uh, and I think that if we get more of her, it's going to be so awesome to see Intel versus Intel, right? You've got Laris for your team green, and then you've got her for your team black. And I'm so excited to see like who is going to outdo and over Trump the next person. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I hope that it was her escaping in the black cloak. I hope it was too. And obviously, if you had to pick a master or mistress of whispers, I would pick Masaria because she's not going to be looking at your feet the whole time. Ew, we need to, we need to have like a brief chat about. I wasn't ready. That I, I wasn't ready either. Mm -mm. I wasn't ready, yeah. and I'm like, you know what? But how else? Because I was thinking, I was like, okay, there's no way you're getting payment for this information 
without it being, you know, discreet because, and I, and I kind of felt that there was like a subtle jab towards, uh, not jab, but when Lars walked in on Otto and he was like, I noticed that you spent many hours late with the queen at night. And he was like, uh, yeah, those hours are for free. If you want some, you can come get some too. But I'm hoping that it's not shared. I hope it's not like a shared, like, I love everybody's feet. I hope he's, you know, feet specific. <laughs> If that's even a thing, but, um, but yeah, no, I was not, I was definitely not here for the feet. I was like, I was, I was like, Allison, I was like, I'm gonna just turn my head and just, you do your thing. I'm not paying attention to you. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah. No kink shaming, but that was just an uncomfortable situation. I think Allison got herself into a mess with, with that situation right there because I feel like there are other ways you can compensate someone for intelligence, like money or status or you're hungry hey we have maesters you want someone to look at that foot for you that way you don't you know i mean you know we could have looked at your father and your son i mean your father and your brother but they're gone um so i guess you want family you want you want a house on a hill i can give you that and i agree with you no kink shaming at all like everybody you know to each his own but i feel like it needs to be a mutually shared enjoyable experience and i don't think that allison was enjoying herself very much in that situation no i felt it felt very uncomfortable and i feel like she um maybe a little in over her head with laris because he's hella smart and he's always watching and he's very very observant but i have to be honest i miss varus I like Varys better. I agree. You know, one, he kept his personals personal. And uh, he did what he did for the greater of the realm. I'm team Varys because of how he did it for the realm, not for the greater advancement of himself like Loras is doing right now. So I'm with you. I agree. Varys had a vision and he was working hard to accomplish that. Um, but Laris. It's hard to get those names right, but yeah. I think Laris is in it for much more personal reasons, and that does change his trajectory overall. So we are now going to jump into our Dragon Dreams prediction. Buckle up, everyone, because this is where the spoilers get real. Next episode is the finale, and we are, like, batting down the hatches right now because we are into the big shit. So we're going to jump into the fire and the blood and the Dragon Dreams right now. All right, so we saw the, um, in this last episode of the Green Council, we saw the small council meeting between um, the Greens, and we found out that Allison was not in on the plotting like I had always assumed she was in the book. Her father, Otto, has been, like, moving pieces around without her knowledge, and now she's trying to be, catch up to speed and be one step ahead of him to um, get her hand on Aegon and not her father so she can basically be the one steering the king and hopefully keep Rhaenyra alive. So I am here for that juxtaposition. So we've seen Aegon II's coronation in the Dragon Pit and the big twist at the end that is definitely like a show addition and I loved it. Amelie's like burst out of the bottom of the Dragon Pit, which is also big foreshadowing. The next thing we're probably going to see, Rhaenyra's coronation. Um, and I believe that the next episode, the finale episode, is titled The Black Queen in, you know, for Rhaenyra because she's the leader of the Black Faction and that's the colors they chose for the two different factions for their houses. Mm-hmm. So um, we're probably going to see Rhaenyra's coronation on Dragonstone. And Damon, if they stick to the books, Damon is the one who puts the crown on Rhaenyra the same way he helped Viserys with his crown. Damon is the one who crowns Rhaenyra. Everyone on the internet is like standing Damon and Rhaenyra right now. So um, 
But after the coronation, however they do the timeline in the episode. I'm hiding because I, I know you're about to do something really dangerous. So I'm hiding. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. So a um, little bit less sad. Uh, Damon goes to claim Hall because it's a base for them to like rally their forces. I believe Harrenhal, um basically surrenders the castle when Caraxes lands on top of it, as most people would. When a giant dragon side of the Caraxes lands on your castle... Here's the castle, sir. There you go. Don't burn me. And then, um, so Damon goes to get Hall, but then the really, really sad moment's gonna happen. So in the next episode preview, you see someone walking toward their dragon in the rain. You see Vagar lift her head up. So what is happening is that Rhaenyra sends one of her sons to the north to go, um, treat with, um... Cregan Stark. Hey, everybody. Cregan's on the way. All right. So they go up north. Uh, Cregan is also one of my favorite characters just because he comes in and he's just like, I got this. Right. Yeah. So um, but that's um, future episodes also. So one of her sons goes to the north and one of her sons goes to Storm's End. And I believe it's Luke. I think it's little brother versus little brother. So I think Luke goes to Storm's End. But when he gets there, Aemond is there with Vagar. And Luke's dragon is really little, right? Luke's dragon is as old as Luke is, basically. So they treat with, I think it's Boros Baratheon at this period in time. Correct me if I'm wrong in the comments. And Baratheon does not let them fight in the yard because I think Luke is sworn not to fight. He's going just as a messenger. And Aemond still has beef about his eye, right? So they are kind of getting into it with their words, but Baratheon is just like, no, get out of here. He doesn't let them fight on the yard, but he does let Aemon follow Luke into the sky. So um, they get in the sky. It's storming. It's raining everywhere. And then Aemon, like, descends on Luke and his dragon with Vagar. And it's like a five to one size difference at that point, if not yeah. more. So Luke gets it. It's horrible. And it's so sad. And I think the neck of his dragon washes up on the shore and along with, you know, like, Luke's body. So I was really kind of partially hoping they weren't going to end on that note for this season. Now, you know, you know good and well that Game of Thrones always ends on somebody's death or something horrible. or It's either a death or a horrible decision. Always. Ah, I am not okay. <laughs> the sad part is, is that I'm, I'm not okay because... I don't want either child like that, that. That was one of my biggest. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like that was one of my biggest struggles watching the show. Once everybody started having children, I was like, now you're just going to reap the negativity and the sadness and the bitterness into your kids. And what's going to be worse is that all these children have absolutely no idea what's going on. Right. They are, they're at an age now where they do get it. But if, life had been different for them it would have just been you get this throne you get that one and everybody's happy you can go love and marry your cousin if you want to or you guys can hang like you guys can hang out and do your thing but now it's like the children are going to have to start picking up the slack that the parents left all these years ago and it's going to be so horrible especially because of the fact that everybody knows that if you're if you okay i would like to pose a question if you like damon Okay, if you like Damon, hear me out. There's no way you don't see Amond and be like, you guys, you two would probably be friends if you weren't diehard enemies right now, right? And so if there's a Damon for Team Black, I think Amon's Team Green, I think they are the most like similarly 
uh, lookalike. And if we lose Amon, I will be very upset. Not because I like him. It's just because it's nice to have an opposing threat, right? Like how good is your villain or how good is your enemy if your combatant can't keep up? You know what I mean? So I, I think I, I don't want to see this. I'm, I get, I don't have, I have emotions. I have emotions, Liza. <laughs> I know I have emotions too. And first of all, Amon's actor is crushing it. Like I am, I am here for the villainousness. Yes. Um, also, I just, he's a character that I love to hate. So I hate him, but I have a really good time hating him, right? Like he's so menacing. And I like Damon's got the menacing character, the brooding menacing character covered for Team Black. And Amon has the brooding menacing character covered for Team Green. And I think that they are so similar yet so different that that's why they're that's one of the reasons like they clash so much because there is a rivalry that will continue throughout the dance between those two and i think that because Eamon is a really good fighter and i think damon is just really smart in combat so yeah. i think that they when they clash it's just it's just epic because it's like two sides of the coin but they both hate each other you know if that yeah. makes sense a little bit like they oh, are very different but um, they also have a little bit of a similar temperament. Speaking of Damon in the next episode, he is approaching a dragon. I do not know what dragon this is, but it looks amazing. So for all of you out there watching, what dragon do you think we saw in the next episode preview? Please let us know in the comments. I am not going to look it up because I am just going to guess and be surprised. I think it's either Vermithor, which is Jaharis' dragon, and I like was I was I was team Jaharis all the way. So I am so excited to see Vermithor because I love that dragon. I have an emotional attachment to Jaharis' dragon, okay? Or the cannibal, but Damon has no reason to be approaching the cannibal because the cannibal true to its name, it just lives on the dragon mount and eats baby dragons. So we are probably getting into the dragon seeds section of the story, which is where they need more dragon riders for all the dragons on Dragonstone. And they find um, basically um, people with Targaryen blood, like Targaryen bastards that could ride dragons. They just kind of find them in the town. They're like, oh, if you can get it and live, go get the dragon. And if you claim the dragon and live, you can ride the dragon to help us in war. So... I think we're getting into the dragon seeds portion of that, which is probably one of the reasons Damon is approaching this dragon, but nobody has any business approaching the cannibal. So you guys let me know what dragon you think that is in the comments. And if you are correct, which you usually are, and we're losing um, a, a whole baby and a dragon, we definitely are going to have to resupply some way or another to combat that. Because if there's one thing that we have not seen yet, that it's going to be very interesting, and I can't wait to see it, hopefully in the season finale or in the seasons to come. We've never seen Rhaenyra's rage. We've never seen it. And so I am really, really excited to see. Granted, this is I, I sound horrible when I say this, but I'm excited to see how the effects of her son dying is going to motivate her and if she will falter in her ideals and her morals like you know, she was one of the main ones who apologized and didn't let Allison just snatch out her son's eyeball, too. But now that her son would be gone, it's going to be so exciting to see what that mama bear instinct uh, does in the coming seasons. I agree. I agree. And I do love some Targaryen rage. There is nothing quite like it. I'm so here for it. Yes. Um, so... I'm just, I'm excited to see that as well. And Rhaenyra was always, like, her first thought was always to protect her children. So when someone comes after Rhaenyra's and Alicent's, you know, Alicent's got the same energy. So when someone comes after these women's babies, you better look the fuck out. So um, I'm, I'm very excited. And there 
our theory, like a friend of mine sent a link to me to like a video online about how there is a possibility that the cannibal is as old as Vagar or, you know, like of a similar age, but no one ever rides the cannibal because it's very dangerous. <laughs> so I would love it if it's Vermithor, but if it's the cannibal, I mean, munch, munch. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. And I'm so, so excited. This is going to be a super lit, pun intended, finale. So thank you so much, Ayana, for joining us this week. We are so, so, so happy to have you. Thank you so much for being here. And um, where can everyone find you if they want to um, find out more about you online? Yeah, well, this is as nerdy as it gets right now. I do have <laughs> um, I do have some uh, content creation happening in the background, but that's not launching anytime soon. So for now, you can follow my oh-so-boring virtual assistance page on Instagram. That's K underscore consulting, K-A-E underscore, cons- underscore consulting. And when I do finally launch my own little nerdy stuff, I'll definitely be sure to let you all know. Uh, but thank you so much for having me here. I absolutely love hearing you talk about your fandom because I know how much life you get, not just from what's happening with these characters, but just from the ability of telling amazing stories and I cannot wait to see what's happening in the season finale I can't wait to talk about it again with you off screen and hopefully I'll get a chance to come back and talk with everyone again soon right we're so so excited thank you so much and we do hope to see you again in the future and uh, we will be back every Tuesday on CouchSuite.com during season one to recap the latest episode of House of the Dragon Michelle got married uh, last weekend so um, this previous Sunday so she'll probably be back next week and we're all so excited for her so um, be sure to hit that like button and let us know in the comments what lore you'd like us to dive into next and we will see you next week with all the fire and soup 